Well, if you have your Bibles, if you can open them up, that would be great to Jonah. Jonah's in the Old Testament. It's in the Minor Prophets, kind of towards the, the back of your Bibles. Um, take a look at that. We're going to be in Jonah this, uh, this evening as well as throughout the week. As Maddie said, let's make sure we're diving into Jonah this week sometime if you've got it. So Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, it says this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amity, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose and fled to Tarshish. He went, wanted to get away from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. He's supposed to go to Nineveh and said three times he's going to someplace completely different. As far away from Nineveh, where God has called him, he's trying to flee from the presence of the Lord. That's an interesting thing I want to look at this uh, this evening. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this camp. Thank you for the counselors, the youth pastors in this room. Most importantly, we thank you for you and who you are in our life. I pray for those that may not know who you are this evening to just simply be open to hearing what you might have to say. Lord, may you go before us, open our hearts and minds, we pray. Amen. Well, my name's Rich. I uh, work at a church in Long Beach, California. Uh, I've worked, as Maddie was saying, before I moved down to Long Beach, I worked at Hume Lake just in California. I worked there for 14 years as the high school director. Got to do what Maddie and her team uh, gets to do. I was doing that for 14 years with high schoolers. I loved it. It was awesome. But now I'm a pastor down in Long Beach. I love what I get to do, working with adult teams and things like that. But I've got a family. I couldn't make it this week. But here's a picture of them. This is uh, my wife, Allison. We've been married 15 years. My daughter there is Isley. She's 10. And my boy, August, he is 11. And uh, they were just uh, sent me a picture. They were just at Seal Beach today, just having fun on the beach uh, while we're here in the snow. So there's that. But I miss them dearly. Um, Love my family. Love to do life with them. Uh, But we had an addition to the family just a few months back. And uh, decided to uh, show you a picture of that addition. This is Scout. Scout's a golden doodle. Uh, Scout is awesome. She eats everything. Um, but uh, I love playing with this dog. Uh, she is a, she's a great, uh, a great addition to the family. The interesting thing about Scout, she doesn't like to listen very much. She listens to me when it's time to get fed. She listens to me for the most part when I say get down, right? But when it goes to dirty socks or whatever it is that she likes to eat and take off and run into the yard with, I'm like, stop, stop running. But she doesn't listen. She just takes off because she loves that thing or, or a balloon. Like she grabs a balloon. And I'm like, Scout, hey, we're not playing, but she's got her tail all wagging. She's like, this is a fun game. I'm like, not a game. You'll choke on that. You won't be here anymore. Scout, don't run away. Don't run away. And she trusts me. But a lot of times this dog thinks that she knows best. And what scares me about this dog is when she doesn't listen to me saying, stop, stop running. What scares me is She's still not quite old enough to, to, to really put all that trust in me. And I'm afraid one day as I open up the front door, 
She's going to take off running right into the street and be no more. Why? Because we live on a busy street. And a dog, for some reason, does trust me a little bit. But when I say, don't go, sometimes she goes the opposite direction. And I don't say that in order for her to not have fun. Because believe me, we have fun. But she thinks she knows the best thing for her. And the reality is, when she runs, disobeying, it's actually affecting her. It's affecting my kids. Because when she disobeys, there's consequences. If she runs into the street, that's a really bad day for all of us, including the person that hits her. Friends, today we're talking about a very simple thing about Jonah. Jonah in the Bible is a prophet. A prophet, his job is to speak on behalf of God. That's their role. Their job is to, and we actually saw it, whether you saw it or not, they're up here singing and dancing, doing the gnome thing, and then Jonah, Jojo, disappears in the back. Why? Because he was talking to the gardener. And then he comes back out, and again, you might have missed it because there was a lot of cool things happening, but these gnomes are like, where'd Jojo go? He's talking to the gardener, and all of a sudden, he comes back, and he's like, hey, talk to the gardener. He says, you guys are doing a great job. Woohoo! He's sending me on a mission. Woohoo! going to the front yard. And they're like, really? Really, he's supposed to be going to the backyard. But here's the interesting thing. He goes off and he has this amazing interaction with the gardener. All these other gnomes would have loved to have that conversation. Yet Jonah gets it. Jojo gets to have that opportunity with the gardener. Jonah is one who hears from the Lord and is supposed to speak on behalf of God to the backyard gnomes, or in the Bible, it's Nineveh. Nineveh is God's people, Israel, their enemies. They live far away from them, but throughout the Bible, we see that, that uh, uh, especially as they come into the land that was promised to them, Assyria, this, this uh, menacing people wanted to destroy God's people, Israel. And the capital of Assyria is Nineveh. So God is saying, Jojo or Jonah, I want you to go not just to my people, I want you to go to my people's enemies and tell them about me and my love. And Jonah's like, nah, I'm good. And he decides, I don't want them to know about your love and your mercy. Instead, I'm going to go as far away from that as possible. And as he does that, he disobeys God thinking he knows best. And that's what we saw. That's what we read about in Jonah 1. God says, go, go and do this. I'm sending you to tell them about me. And he says, nah, I got a better way to do this thing. I got a better way to do it. You know, that's the thing is we disobey God. It's called sin. Now, what is sin? Sin is going against God, his laws or his thought, what he says for us to do. It's, it's going against God's laws and our thoughts, our words, our deeds, our attitudes. Going against him. In fact, the Bible says we've all done it. We've all gone against God. And, and we'll talk about that more tomorrow night. But the reality, God says, love me more than anything. And we don't. Love me more than anything, always, and we don't. We, we sin, we, we go against him. And that's not a new thing to Jonah. That's not a new thing there because we all kind of do it, but it's actually from the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3. You see, in the beginning, God creates everything. 
He creates human beings to enjoy him. And in the garden, it says that, that God, he, he speaks life into his creation and he wants to enjoy his creation and for them to enjoy him. God says, here's my plan. And Adam and Eve is going to say this, nah, we've got a better way to do it. It's not a new thing, the disobedience of God going against God. And that's called sin. And the problem with sin is it has devastating consequences, not just between you and God, but also in your own self and the guilt and the shame that comes with it. And it doesn't just affect you and God, it actually has an effect on other people. And we're going to see that play out tomorrow is Jonah's sin affects other people. And I got to believe in this room that you're coming in to a weekend like this. Some of you super fired up. Your relationship with God is going awesome. And I have to believe that there's some of you you're not so fired up and you've come from some maybe hard things that you're going through. And some of that is because of choices you've made and others of you, it's because it's of choices that other people have made. Why? Sin has consequences, not just what you do, but how it affects other people. That's why God takes sin so seriously. I wonder if maybe in this room tonight, maybe you start to really think about your sin and really start to take it seriously as well as it has consequences, major consequences. So here's Jonah supposed to speak on God's behalf. He says, nah, I've got a better way to live, just like Adam and Eve did, just like you and I do. And he goes and he takes off and wants to do something completely opposite of what God says. And that's going to have some consequences. Sin always overpromises and underdelivers. We all fall into sin. And I have to believe, as I've now been a pastor for six years, and I worked in camping ministry for over 14 years, I have to believe that then when we, when we sin, a lot of times I think it's because in my own life, it's because I take my eyes off of a right view of who God is. So in in the last few minutes here, in the next maybe 10 minutes, here's what I want to do, and then we'll call it a night. I want to ask you two questions. And if you're taking notes, get out a notebook, because in my ministry that I've been doing, and I've been processing this with junior high all the way to 88-year-olds. 89 is too old. But, But junior high all the way up to, you know, older people, I ask this question, why? Because I think it's a really interesting two questions that might help shape conversations either tonight or engage in conversations between you and your friends, you and your pastors, your counselors, and get ready. Here's the two questions. You ready? And I'm going to give you really only about 40 seconds to answer it right now, but hopefully you'll continue to think about it, all right? Don't say it out loud. Don't say the answer out loud. I want you to really sit. If you don't have a pen or paper, that's okay. But I want you to process this in your own mind. Don't look to your neighbor for a moment. Just sit and just take it in or write down these answers to the question. Here's the first question. You ready? Here it is. Who is God? I know that's a pretty hard question to answer, but I want you to write that down. Here's the question. Who is God? And the follow-up question is this. Why should I care? Not why should I, why, why should you care? So, who is God? Write that question out, don't answer it yet. And the next question, give a little room. Why should 
I care. And if you don't have a piece of paper, that's fine. But I'm going to encourage you, maybe when you get back to your cabins, write those questions down, because I think that they're very important questions that you need to process. So I'm going to give you about 40 seconds. We'll turn on some music here to just let you sit for a moment in that. And if you're not writing it, just think through it. Who is God? Why should I care? 40 seconds, 50 seconds, we'll go. I'll come back up here. So we've got some music here playing. And sit in that for just a moment. Who is God? Why should I care? Take a moment to write it down. No talking between you and the Lord and your own thoughts. If you don't know who the Lord is, maybe this is a great opportunity to just write down maybe questions you have about him. Who is God? Maybe start wrapping that one up and move on to why should I care? Why should I care? About 20 seconds left, and I know that's not enough time to answer some pretty important questions in your life. You don't have to share it with your friend right now. Start wrapping that up. If you're just kind of in it, just put kind of dot, 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 and continue to do it in a second. But let's wrap it up here. And now I want you to take a look here at your question. Who is God? And I want you to take a look there really fast. Thanks for the music. I appreciate that. So I want you to take a look. As you look at that answer, who is God? Here's what I didn't ask. Who do you say God is? Because honestly, I don't care. It sounds mean. But I didn't ask your opinion on who God is. Why? Because we all could have different opinions on God. Who cares what we believe? We can all have different ideas on who God is. And still, what does that matter if it's just our opinions? So what I asked is, who is God? What I would hope is you look at your answer. The question is, is it biblical? Why does that matter? Because the Bible is God's words to us about him. So why not go to the source to say, God, who do you say that you are? Not who do I think you are. Who do you say that you are? So as you look at your answer, is it biblical? And if not, and if you don't know, go and find out. But why should you care? Friends, the way you answer that question of who God is dictates the way that you live your life. If you say God is love, then I think I would ask you, if you're saying God is love and you say you believe in God and you say he is love, why are you wrestling with feeling unloved? If you say that God is hope, why do you walk in here feeling hopeless? If it's true about God, then why are you saying, man, I feel just hopeless? If you believe in God and it says God is hope, it dictates the way you live. If you say he is king, he is everything, then answer is, why are you then living as if you're king of your life? 
The way you answer that question dictates the way you live your life. And friends, I know as you continue to wrestle through maybe that answer, maybe some of you are like, I don't know who he is. Can I encourage you just to simply be open this weekend? Ask some questions. But as we take just the next few minutes, there's a lot here, I know that. As I've wrestled through and there's so much more here that we could even write down. But these are some different things that as I read scripture, I, I'm just getting a better understanding, a right view of God. And as I, as I talked about with Jonah, when I find myself disobeying God, going against God, almost like my little dog, right? My bubby that runs away. Why? It's almost said that she doesn't trust me or she thinks that I have something worse planned. And it's like, no, no, no. I'm here to do this to protect you and to protect everybody else because I have a plan. And as I have a wrong view of God, a lot of times it gets me off of that path and I find myself going down that road of disobedience and that sin, and that sin has major consequences with me and other people, and God hates it. And so as I look at this, as I think about this, it reminds me to look not at me, but put my eyes back where I need to be, back on him. And it starts with God is eternal. God is eternal. He's unlike anything ever. In fact, we just we talked about it, Genesis 1, in the beginning, God. Stop there. It's about God, not about us. It's not in the beginning, you. It's in the beginning, God. So quit making life about us. God's always existed. There is no beginning. There is no end. There was never a time where God was not. And that alone, him being eternal, should make me do this. Whoa, because I know no one else that's eternal. That should set him apart in my own thoughts. And it reminds me to look up. He's creator. Psalm 115 our God is in the heavens. He does as he pleases. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God, what did he do? Created. God gives us life, and out of him all life exists. He's the highest authority. No one tells God what to do. Everything was created by him and for him. He runs the show, not the other way around. My son, August. Somehow he got into making marble tracks, but he's starting to do it now with paper. Like he's so creative and he makes these big paper marble tracks and as he's cutting and, and pasting and, and putting them in certain like heights and everything like that, it's just, it's kind of funny to me, almost as if paper could talk and be like, hey, don't make this corner like this. Make me bigger, make me taller. Well, that's silly, why? Because it's August who's creating these things. How silly for this paper to talk back to the creator. It's August's world. And a lot of times we got to remember that this is God's world. He created. He knows. He's all powerful. It's his world. Times I think I know best. I need to remember it's his show. He's got the power. He's got the authority. Look, he's fully satisfying. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness, fullness of joy fully being satisfied by him. In light of him, how could anything else satisfy us? But he's not just eternal. He's not just creator. He's not just fully satisfying. He is personal. Genesis 3 says that God walked with his creation after he created. He walks with them in the garden in the cool of the day. God has a relationship with his created beings and not just for him to enjoy us most importantly friends it's for us to enjoy him who is these things 
He's a personal God. You see, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And guess what? That's page one. It's page one. He created it all. Page two, he's just talking more about his creation. Chapter two. Chapter three, he walks with his creation. That's still on this page. And in chapter three, we break the relationship because of our sin. And the rest of the Bible is him showing us his pursuit of us because he's a personal God who cares about us. That he wants to enjoy us, but he wants more importantly us to enjoy him. Why? Because he's fully satisfying. He's good. Luke 18 says, come and taste and see that I'm good. Taste, I beckon you. Try it. You will know that I am good. He's faithful. You want, you want faithfulness because you, you do. You want faithful friendships. You want people to choose you and you to, them to be faithful. Why? Because we're born to want that and he is it all together. 2 Timothy says that. He's just. You want justice. He's hope, Romans 15. And in a world that is right now struggling and people are looking for hope, if they're looking for it outside of him, you see, he doesn't bring, just bring hope. 15 says, he is that thing. He is hope. 1 John 4 says, he is love. He's not just made up of love. He is love says he is up, God is love, and God and love comes from him. You're wanting to find love. He is it. He is love. It pours out of him. You could be loving. He's not just loving. He is it. He is life, John 10, 10 says, come to me that you may have abundant life. I want you to have abundant life, and you come to me because I am that. Friends, as we think about a right view of God, as we think about his eternal nature, as we think of he's all-powerful, as we think that he's personal, he is fully satisfying, he is hope, he is love, he is life, he is faithful, he is good. These aren't just parts of it like a pizza pie. No, no, these are all happening all the time. Always, because this is who he is. It doesn't make up God. He is these things, all of them. And therefore, he's 1 Samuel 2, 2 that says he is holy. Well, what does holy mean? Holy means he is set apart. It says in the Bible, in Isaiah, that there's... Seraphim, there's these creatures that all they're created to do is just simply be around the Lord. And they can't help it but just simply say, holy, 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 set apart, set apart, set apart. You are unlike anything. You are a set apart, set apart. Why? Because he is. And the problem is we forget that he is and we almost make him a homeboy or a buddy or a genie in a bottle and he says, no! I'm so much more than all of those things. I am this. And we, when we run from him in disobedience, we're saying, nah, we don't believe this to be true about you. And he's like, but I am these things. 
Jonah was called to speak on behalf of God. I want you to go and tell Nineveh about me. And he's like, nah, I've got a better idea. And he's going to run. And that's sin and it's disobedience. He does it. We do it. And the problem is sin has major consequences. And we're going to see how those consequences this week not only affect him, but also affect other people. Jonah decided to run. Why? Because I think he took his eyes off of who God really is. He had a wrong view of God. And, and God says, go here, and he runs the other way. Friends, as I wrap it up and land the plane, my hope is you don't run. This weekend, maybe for the first time in a long time, you actually stop. We get our eyes off of us and off of our circumstances, and we actually put our hope to the hills. Where does our help come from? Our help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the heavens and the earth. I need to focus back on the one that created me, the eternal God who made me on purpose for a purpose. I need a right view of God, and I would hope that tonight, We walk out of here maybe with a better view of who God is as you continue to write down a right view, biblical view of who God says that he is and that your answer would dictate the way that you live your life. And when we come to that opposition of us saying, do we listen to him or do we listen to our own thoughts that we would say no? In light of him, how could I want to do anything else? Because he is the eternal, unlike anything, creator, unlike anything, fully satisfying love. He is holy. He is just. He is set apart, set apart, set apart. I'm going to quit listening to me and other voices. I'm going to listen to the one who is set apart. Let me pray for us. Lord, we come before you tonight. Simply ask you to open our hearts and our minds. And we all come from different places in the chapel tonight. Some hurting, some desiring to know you more, some fired up in their relationship with you and all the in-between. Wherever we're at, you who is set apart can meet all of us at the same time. Why? Because you're unlike anything. May we ask some hard questions tonight. Be with our hearts. Be with our minds. Open them up for us to just simply maybe for the first time in a while have a right view of who you are. And stop running and trying to live life our own way. Thanks for this weekend. We're excited for it. It's in your name we pray. Amen.